This is the Christian Artist, and we're here with another bonus episode. This week it's Connor doing a uh, lesson on Sabbath, continuing our Ten Commandments series. So we're in the Ten Commandments series, right? We're going to be talking about the Sabbath tonight, all right? So Fourth Commandment. Um, we're going we're gonna to pray for this, though, okay? Um, dear God, I want to thank you uh, for your word and for your truth, Lord. We want to thank you um, that you have... Uh, you have given us your word that we can understand it and uh, that we can learn from it and uh, grow more into your image through it. Um, we just want to pray just for each person's heart here tonight that, uh, um, Lord, that we would we would uh, want to know more about who you are and we would have a desire to serve you in everything. And that includes the way that we rest. Um, and we pray that we would just value and seek after wisdom in all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, All right, so how I uh, got the idea for this for this lesson, right, is I was in the bathroom, and I swear this was like months ago. I was in the bathroom, and my mom had this lotion in in the bathroom, in like a basket or something like that, and I was like, "Huh, that's kind of weird that we have this idea of um, like, okay, first of all, we'll make a joke out of it." What does an endless weekend smell like? Like, what is, how is that a, a center, a flavor of something? Like, that's, that's strange. And apparently they have, like, a sunlight uh, flavor, too. Like, what is, I don't know what that means. But, but yeah, so besides that, all right, our, our culture has literally lotions about how the weekend is, like, the epitome of life, right? Like, you know this, especially you're in school, because, you know, you call it a prison, Right? You, it, it, you live for the weekend. Like, you get to the weekend, and it's like, finally, I can live my life. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, we you know, we think about that for, like, job stuff, too. Like, um, you, you get to this, something, like, a lot of people get to this point in life where it's just work grind, and they are not living their life. They're just miserable at work because their work means nothing to them, right? There's no purpose in it. There's no meaning in it. And so the only thing they really live for is the weekend, when they can finally do the things that they want to do. Um, and, uh, like, I, I worked with a guy named Travis over at uh, Luke's Deli, right? And uh, he told me once that he, like, I, I, I was, you know, we were doing something, and I was just making a conversation, trying to get to know the guy, and, and I asked him, like, what his dream job would be. And he said, I would have no job. Like, I don't, I don't have a dream job. Like, my dream job is to have enough money where I don't have to work. And I was just kind of like, man, like, that's so depressing, right? Like, I don't want to do anything with my life. I just, you know, I just want to, you know, whatever. I want to do whatever I want to do. Um, and then we talked about, like, I was like, okay, well, what if you had to have a job? And he was like, I'd be the CEO of a company, and I walk into work, I screw around in my office, and I sign papers. You know, and he was like, that's my job. And I'm like, like, like I, I wanted to say, like, he wasn't a Christian, so I was like, you know, I wasn't going to, like, be like, no, nah, man, you got to live for God. But I was like, in, in, inside, I was like, man, like, that's so pointless, right? Like, there's no meaning in that. And then, you know, we have this idea of this, this endless weekend, right? Like, that's, that's the goal, right? Like, this is, this is what we want to do with life, is to not have any responsibility, not have any work, not have to do anything. And that's not, uh, there's no meaning in that, okay? And that's uh, contrary to scripture. So, um, right, so we're going to talk about the fourth commandment, Sabbath day, right? Um, what I want to emphasize is that the first part of this commandment 
is to work for six days. Okay, so let's read it. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Okay, so obviously God gave us this example of um, like a work week, right? Um, he didn't need to do that, okay? He didn't need to take six days to make the universe, right? If there is a God who is so powerful that he can speak suns into existence, I don't think he needs extra time to do it, okay? And he didn't purposely, or he did purposely do that. It wasn't like he wasn't bound by like the science of creation. There isn't, there isn't some law that says you can't create the earth in less than seven days, right? Um, and then he rested on the seventh day. And uh, the Greek is there that it was, it was finished, right? It, he ceased working, right? This is not like he slept, right? Like God didn't need to sleep. And so the example we have set here is a work week, right? Like this is where we get this from. This is, this is, this is why that exists, right? Like we get, we get our day and like our year and stuff like that from the stars and rotation of the earth and stuff like that, right? But uh, week, we, there's no... There's, there's no standard for that except for the Bible, right? God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. That's where we get that from, okay? Um, there was a, uh, before the French Revolution in uh, France, they, they tried to screw with this. They said that uh, they were gonna make a 10-day work week instead of a seven-day work week. And the people were so upset that they striked and rioted. They were like, no, like they, they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't, so they were going to work for nine days and rest on the tenth. And, and the, the, uh, the government did it partly to, to mock God and partly because they were like, we're going to up these other countries by like, you know, we're going to have more production because we're going to work for more days than they will, right? So, you know, there are multiple reasons behind it, obviously, but it didn't work. People, they couldn't do it, right? It, it, this, this system is the system that works. Um, for our week, our work week, um, but part of it is that we are supposed to work for six days too, right? Now, what that doesn't mean is that you wake up in the morning and you work until you go to bed. Like, there's you, you don't get a moment to rest or anything like that, or like recuperate. You can't take breaks at work. You know, that's not what we're talking about. For the same reason that uh, on the Sabbath day, you don't have to, um, like, oh man, like. Uh, okay, so there's a story that our pastor, Pastor Jeff, told where uh, he, was, he was trying to help out this friend move his couch, right? And his friend was like, ah, yeah, sorry, man, that's all you, and it's the Sabbath day for me. And so he's like carrying this giant couch like up these stairs and stuff like that, and his friend is like, nah, man, I can't help you, sorry, Sabbath day, right? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later of uh, the example that Jesus set um, for Sabbath, but just that you have that, that is a uh, basis in your mind, right? Um, that we are supposed to work for six days and rest on the seventh, okay? Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to have a job for six days, all right? The goal is not to rest on those six days. The goal is to accomplish something, okay? Does that make sense? Same for the seventh day. The goal is not to work, just to rest. And if you have to do something else, you know, that's fine, but that's your goal. That's what you are uh, intending to do with that day. 
Okay, another thing is work is a good thing. This is extremely countercultural. Um, the the uh, purpose that man was created was for a task, right? We were not created to have an endless weekend, right? We weren't created to just sit around and sleep, okay? As much fun as some people think that is. Um, uh, we have in Genesis 1, right? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, God didn't create people and was like, yeah, you know, whatever. He created them and said, do this thing. I am giving you this task. Okay, now, first of all, how cool is this? Why did they screw this up? Like, right? That's like the coolest thing. Like, you have this entire planet, and you're like, the literal God of the universe is like, dude, this is, like, take this place over. Like, this is your dominion. That's so cool. And, and like, that's, that was a good thing. That was something that, personally, for me, like, I would be like, man, like, this is, like, what a task. Like, that fills a person with purpose and meaning. Like, I'm doing this thing. I was literally created for this purpose. Um, and so work is a good thing, right? Work was not a part of the fall. Okay, it just became harder. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the, true, uh, the, <laughs> the, true, of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Right? This, this wasn't a thing of, ah, oh, man, now you're going to have to do stuff. Right? They had a task. They were supposed to do things already. And now to get their food instead of being like, oh, there's a treat. Food. Right? They have to now work for it and toil for it. Um, and so that was a part of the curse. Right? Um, it, it wasn't that work was a part of the fall. It just became harder, right? Just like labor did. <laughs> no? Pun? No. Just like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you guys, you guys laugh more than the junior high did. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, right there. So, the Sabbath is a command. All right? So, what is it? Okay? It's a day for God, right? But that's every day, Right? All right, for, for if, if you were a Christian, right, you do everything to the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all things to the glory of God, right? So every day is for God. You're supposed to do everything to the glory of God. And so when it's like, you know, this day is mine, like, what does that mean? Okay, um, so I would say the Sabbath is doing rest things for God, okay? It's, it's you're doing everything for God. You're working for God, right? We have verses that talk about that. Um, of, uh, like, you, you work not for man, but for God. I think it's in Philippians or Colossians, one of those two, I think. Um, right, so we have that as a picture of work, and it's the same thing for rest, okay? Um, we're doing these rest things for God, for the glory of God. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more, but is the thing I want to emphasize is the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? But why was man made? For God. Right? So this is, this is um, what Jesus did in um, Luke chapter 6, okay? On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing, <coughs> rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? 
And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those um, with him. And he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered, with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, all, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and, and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. Okay, so there's two things here, right? We have this, this picture of, of them being like, yo, it's the Sabbath, but we're hungry. We're not going to starve because it's the Sabbath. What would be the point of the Sabbath if it's meant to, to be restful to a person if they have to starve? Right? That, that, that's, that's counterintuitive. That doesn't make any sense. Okay? So not only that, but <laughs> ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save life or to destroy it? Like, this is insane. Like, why condemn Jesus for performing a miracle on some dude's hand? Right? And that's just, obviously, that's just the Pharisees because they're idiots. But at the same time, right? Like, we can't be legalistic about the idea of rest. Like, what would be the point in that? All right? That doesn't make any sense. The, the, the Sabbath was created for men to enjoy it, for people to be restored by it, not because it was, you know, it's this, this thing that has to be followed or you're all going to die or something stupid like that, right? Okay, um, let's say, just to kind of put this in a very strange, more modern picture, Let's say, all right, I'm reading my Bible in the woods with my good old pupper Stormy, all right? That's what I was doing in this picture here, right? And uh, some dude, right, comes crawling out of the forest with a knife in his back, right? And he's like, dude, I got like maybe two minutes to live, and I know I'm a sinner, and I need to know who God is, and I need to repent of my sins and be saved, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it, man. Are you talking me through it? And I'm like, ah, darn, caught me on a bad day. I'm sorry, man. It's the Sabbath. You know, got to rest today. I can't even call 911 for you. Sorry, dude. You know, you know, there's, uh, there's that one verse. Maybe you've even seen the meme of like, you know, somebody's reaching out of the water and it's like, um, what was it? It was like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, that one's a good one, too. No, no, there was one of us, like, uh, be warm and filled, right? Be warm and filled, brother. And then he, like, high-fives them, and he drowns. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, there's a verse of, like, you know, wishing blessing on somebody, and then instead of, uh, I think it's James 2, instead of, like, actually doing something to help them, you know? It's like, it's like, you know, praying for somebody instead of, like, you know, helping them, too. Like, instead of just praying for them, like, oh, I can actually help you here. I'll do something for you, right? Um, that's, that's kind of the idea here, okay? And I th maybe that was just stupid, but I thought it was funny. Um, and Chandler thought it was funny, but I can always count on you, buddy. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So what's your idea of rest? Okay. Um, you know, like, like we always think, you know, you go to school, right? You come home, and you're like, Netflix. Am I right? Like, that's, that's, that's goal number one, 
Am I right? Or maybe it's video games, or maybe it's memes, because memes are hilarious, right? But these, these things are not restful to us. They're, they're entertaining. Okay, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but like, like, what's your idea of rest? I want you to reshape that, because, you know, there, I mean, there's so many things, right, in America, in our culture, that says things should be done this way, and then it's, we, just, we just kind of assume that it's right. And instead of questioning it, and instead of being like, huh, I wonder what the God of the universe has to say about this. Maybe his way is better. You know, we just kind of go with it, and we settle for something less. Um, so, and, and here's, here's, here's the thing, right? Would you not agree that God knows better than us? Right? If, if somebody painted a painting, and he was like, dude, what is this thing? And he's like, it's a dog riding a chimpanzee. And you're like, nah, man, I painted it. Like, I know what it's for. That's not what it is. Right? Does not the painter have the right to say, no, I made this thing. This is what it's used for. Right? It's the same with God. So if our, if our idea of rest is not what God wants us to have our idea of rest be, then we should change that. And, we should, I mean, and then that counts for all areas of life. But specifically, that's what we're talking about today, right? So um, here's the verse, right? This is, this is kind of the key of the whole idea. Um, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to act to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. Okay, specifically verse 4, right? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, now what this doesn't mean is if you love God, he's going to give you everything you want. What it means is if you love God, your desires have changed, and now you want the things that God wants. Okay, do you catch that? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight in the Lord, who's the desire of your heart? God, right? And the things that then he wants. We're supposed to love what God wants and hate what he hates, right? Um, that's, that's what we have here. And so, um, right, and, and so we're, we're going to kind of take this idea for a, a, few, a few things here, okay? Um, would you not agree that everything is better when you do it for God? Right? Now, obviously think about it logically of, you know, God made us, and so, you know, he gets to say what's the best way for us to be satisfied. Um, but also, um, doing everything for God, it, I mean, there's, I mean, that is pretty much it, all right? Like, our satisfaction is found in the fact that we're doing something we were created to do. Um, and anything else might, we might think that we're being satisfied. We might be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, but it's not what God intended. And so it's not what is the, the most satisfaction we can get out of something. Um, right? Um, we're not, okay, and, and once again, we're not talking about just adding some God. Okay? We're not talking about, and we're talking about rest. We're not saying, you know, just do all the things that you normally do and then, you know, be like, and praise Jesus at the end of everything you do. Okay? That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about viewing the entire world and everything in it and everything you do through the lens of scripture and then letting that change even the base action. You know, like, like this is the goal. I want to be rested. Okay, now how should you accomplish that? That's, that's what we're talking about. Okay, and, and here's, here's the thing, right? Jesus owns everything. Okay? For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Okay? Jesus owns everything. 
specifically because he created everything, but also because his um, payment on the cross bought him the kingdom, right? That's an unpopular teaching. God is king and sovereign now. Jesus has, has beat sin and death, and he's king. He's, he's, he's king. He's king of earth, right? Um, Jesus owns everything. He created everything, so Jesus owns science. He creates the way that we go about learning science. He created logic. He owns food. Okay, hold up. Let's go back to logic here. Use your logic to think about how God created it. Okay, music, right? Music was made. How do you even start that? You know, like the idea of, of music evolving makes so little sense that it's just funny. But, but even creating music, how do you do that? What, I mean, like, obviously we can think about it in human terms of like, if, if music didn't exist, how would you figure that out, right? Um, I mean, obviously, if it didn't exist, you couldn't figure it out because it didn't exist. But, like, it's, it's I don't know, it, maybe, it's, maybe it's just me, but the idea of music being a creative thing is just intense. Dancing, right? Language, the, the words that we speak, right? The, the way that we communicate, body language, right? Um, Every nation, the whole of all creation, okay? And that means he even owns rest and sleep. Okay, so when we're talking about rest and the Sabbath and, you know, all these things, we somehow think that we can do it better, right? We, we somehow think that, you know, the person who created the thing, you know, has no idea what they're talking about. And instead we try to do the things that we do as the answer to whatever problem we have. Um, okay, and we talked about this for high school on Wednesday, right? When uh, Jesus made wine as a miracle, turned water into wine, right? That it was like the best tasting wine, okay? And Jesus did everything with excellence. Like, is Jesus going to do a miracle? He's going to do it right, right? Um, and we can assume that he did the same thing with feeding the 5,000. Or, or like, I mean, that was a low estimate, but like maybe 12,000, whatever, all right? He made this food, and, I mean, it must have been the best-tasting food, right? Because it was the literal God-man who made it. Um, and Jesus, so Jesus did everything with excellence. We can rightly assume that. Um, Proverbs, okay? Proverbs is just good wisdom. And, it, and it's because it's godly wisdom, right? Because God owns wisdom. If he owns logic, he owns wisdom. Um, but, but Proverbs is just good wisdom. Everybody knows it. Like, you read something in Proverbs, and you're like, yeah. I, I take that advice. And then it's like it's from God, and it's like, eh. you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just how people interact with the word of God. We know that it's good. We do, right? A soft answer turns away wrath. That's a fact, right? Like, that's just, that's just good wisdom. That's just solid advice. You know, there's tons of things like that in Proverbs where people know that, that it's good, but people follow that wisdom without being Christians because it's just wisdom. It's just... It's just what it is, because God made it all, right? Um, the golden rule, right? You guys have all heard the golden rule. Uh, treat others as you would have them treat you, right? Jesus said that. Every religion after it copied it. You think about that. <laughs> That's pretty good. We should use that in our religion, you know? And, um, I mean, people, people even just take it, the verse out of Scripture, and somebody who's not a part of any religion, right? Just agnostic or atheist or whatever, and they're like, yeah, golden rule. I follow that. That'll get me to heaven, right? 
And we, obviously, people twist it, right? And they're not doing it for the glory of God. Um, but people understand that God's way is the best way. And our rebellion is trying to use those things for our benefit alone, rather than trying to serve God, right? So it, it has to be the same with rest. If we're going to use that logic, it has to be the same with rest. The way that God wants us to rest is the best way we could rest. Okay, so what is, what is that way? Okay, so back to Netflix, right? Rest should not be numbing and distracting, but restorative and helpful. Okay, rest should not be numbing and distracting, but restorative and helpful. Okay, we are all guilty of spending way too much time on ourselves. Can we all agree on that? I mean, it's like, you wake up in the morning, and it's, it's just, it's me. I'm the only person that, you know, it, I mean, it's just, that's just it. We're just selfish creatures. And we're always spending time on ourselves. And somehow, it's like, ah, oh, the Sabbath. Yes, there's a biblical command to spend time on myself. Yeah! Right? That's not what we're talking about. The Sabbath is about God. Um, so here's the thing. When you rest, when you take a day off, right, your Sabbath, right, do you rest with mindless things or with things that glorify God? Okay? And, and this, this just... I mean, I'd say every person struggles with this, but when I realized this, it was, it was a huge, like, mind-opener for me. Because we always talk about, you know, all these, we always talk about the idea of Sabbath, but coming at it from that angle just makes so much more sense. Um, okay, here's, here's, a, here's a couple examples, okay? What kind of music do you listen to? All right? I'm a big, I'm a huge music fan, all right? Friday, I swear, I listened to music from, like, morning to night. Like, just, just all day. It was just everything, right? Music is just such a you know, integral part of my life. I just love it. But I'm always making sure that I'm listening to something that is going to benefit me. Not, not to entertain me. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with being entertained. There's a time and a place for that. We can just sit down and watch some comedy on Netflix, and you just laugh, and it's good, and it's fun. But when, when your idea of rest becomes numbing and distracting yourself. That's when we've, we've got it all mixed up, that, that rest, true rest, should be something that builds us up, right? That we're learning something from it, that we're trying to glean wisdom from it. Okay, uh, Proverbs 3, 21 through 24. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk away, you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Okay? We all have had these days, right? Where we... We all have had these days where it's like Mardi Gras for us. Okay? How many of you know what Mardi Gras is? Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. So, Mardi Gras is a day right before Ash Wednesday, right? It's a, a primarily a Catholic thing. I actually just learned, like, this afternoon that it, the Pope traded it and was like, hey, if we don't make people sin on this day, then, you know, they won't want to worship God. And that's literally what it was traded for, um, where the, the Catholics came up with this idea of, you know, how do we get people to sacrifice something for Lent? How do we get people to not eat meat for Lent or whatever, to, to try to worship God? Um, and they were like, well, let's just make a day where they'll sin a bunch— and then they'll feel really bad, 
and then they'll want to do the thing that we want them to do. That's literally what it was made for. And um, sometimes I think, and, and I've experienced this in my own life of like, you know, you take a day off and it's Mardi Gras. I can do whatever I want now. And then the next day I look like this lady. I'm just like, why did I spend 12 hours watching Netflix? Like what purpose did this serve? And, and it's just like, I just wasted so much time. And we need to be thinking about, are those things restorative and worship God and worship God? Okay, that's the main thing, right? The, the Sabbath rest is supposed to be restorative to us, first and foremost, like that's the goal. Um, because numbing and distracting things don't help like they should. Don't help like they, we think they should. But, and worship God. Right, we're coming at it through the lens of scripture. How does, how does God want me to enjoy this thing? Right? How, did, how does God want me to enjoy his creation? This thing that God himself made. How, does, how am I supposed to rightly use this blessing or gift from God? Right? Okay, so what is that thing for you? What is that thing that is restorative and, and worship God? And worships God? And what should it be? Okay? Maybe it's not what it should be. Okay? Um, and once again, we're not talking about it being legalistic, okay? This is something that is supposed to benefit you. The Sabbath is supposed to benefit you. It's not something you should follow to the letter and somehow it's this thing that you, you gotta do or else, you know, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's supposed to be restful. But the idea is that it should be the best kind of rest. It was made for us to help us, okay? But yes, it should be rest, okay? The question is, why do you enjoy that thing that you enjoy? And what would you enjoy more? What would satisfy you more? Okay? What will help your relationship with God? Okay? If, you, if, if, if we take this seriously and we're spending a six-day, you know, work week where we're in the world, right? We're trying to accomplish things. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. Um, you're in the world. Um, and you have this day that you have set aside, you've gotten everything else done, you've set aside this day so you can spend it worshiping God, okay? Read your Bible. Right? I mean, why, why is that bad? Why is that work for us? To, to read the word of God, to, to understand the wisdom and insight into the mystery of himself that he has given us, the, the law of God, is that, is that something we find burdensome, right? Um, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy spending time in God's word? Um, there's, this, there's this quote uh, from George Mueller, I'm totally going to um, not quote it correctly, but uh, it's the idea of you read your Bible even if you don't feel like reading it. And you read your Bible until you feel like reading it. That, you know, we don't, you don't trust your emotions on things like that because you don't know what's going on, right? You read your Bible because you, you, you know this is good. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if I think this is going to help. It's the word of God. It will not return void. That's a promise from God. So we read our Bibles to try to understand it. Um, and that's something that should help our relationship with God. All right, prayer. Right? When's the last time you spent deliberate time in prayer? Okay, and that's, that's, that's why this picture is up here. Um, Jesus went alone on mountains to just spend days in prayer to God. And, and like, 
we think that's insane. Like, first of all, being alone on a mountain for three days, <laughs> you know, not what I call my idea of fun. But Jesus went there to pray, to just be alone, to be away from people. And he would do it, like, right after, like, ministry times, right? Like, like there's, a, there's, like, hundreds of people, maybe even thousands of people, like, listening to Jesus preach. And he's like, see you guys, going on a mountain. And it's like, what? Why? Like, I, I imagine being one of the disciples and being like, no, like, Jesus, like, like, look at these people. You gotta, you gotta help them. You gotta, you know, do these things. And Jesus is like, no, I need to restore myself. I, you know, like, he had a physical body. He was fully man as well as fully God. And so he went on a mountain to pray, to seek God's will, and to restore himself, right? And we just think that's so, like, like, like it's our restless society of, like, wasting time. And that's not what Jesus was doing. He was rightly spending his time. So when's the last time that you enjoyed praying to God and just spent time alone praying to him? All right? Uh, Charles Spurgeon once said that the nicest thing you could ever do for him is to pray for him. Nicest thing you could ever do for him. If you're you're just like, man, I don't know what to pray for. Pray for your friends. Uh, Read verses that Paul gave in Philippians and Colossians of prayers that he prayed for the church and pray those things for your friends. Right? There's, there's never a lack of, of things we could be praying for. Okay, here's, here's a fun one, right? Spending time with other Christians. Right? You don't have to be alone. Get, when, okay, when's the last time you actually got real with another person? Right? Ask, ask really big, serious, awkward questions like, how was your relationship with God? Like, whoa. It's groundbreaking stuff right there. Like, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, but we can't talk about God. What? Like, that's insane. And I, I, I post this picture of just, like, it seems like every time there's a campfire, like, you just, just get real with people. Maybe it's because you're not looking at their face, so you can pretend that you're just talking to yourself. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't understand why it's so weird for us to just be real with other Christians and just ask them serious questions. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people are struggling with something, of, of um, being hurt by something, and they don't go to God um, for those things. Or maybe they are going to God for things, but they just don't, they don't understand, they don't know what to do. And so, if you just ask them, hey, how you doing? And they'd just be like, oh, I just needed somebody to ask me how I'm doing. Right? <laughs> and it's over there laughing. Because we've done this to each other before. Here's the thing, right? Is that what you enjoy? Just, just, man, like, how are things doing? How are things going? You know, you praying? You're reading your Bible? Right? Like, why, why, is, that, why is that wrong? It should be good. It's some, it should be something all Christians do. Right? Okay, here's, here's, a, a, here's something that kind of goes back to reading your Bible. Right? Like, why is it that we think, I mean, I think it would just be church, right? Why is it that when, when you go to church, you know, you put on a mask, right? It's like, it's like, man, I got to be the perfect Christian here. You know, I got to, you know, <laughs> go in, get out, you know. Who cares, right? Church should be a tool that we use to serve one another as Christians, right? Like, 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 church is not just, like, the service. Like, even, even this. 
Like, this isn't why you're here. It's to hear some 20-year-old kid talk about our rest day and show pictures of cool things. He spent way too much time trying to find. Okay? It's, it's to gather with other Christians and to, to encourage one another, to serve one another, to better one another. Like, that's, that's in the, probably the most important part of church. Right? Um, there's a story from uh, John Piper. If anybody know John Piper, he uh, has a church down in Illinois, and uh, there was this, this woman who, uh, there's this, there this couple, this husband and wife, and they had two services, right? And so after the first service, um, the husband literally had a heart attack, and they rushed him to the hospital, and he died. And the church staff, they got together, and they were like, okay, what do we do? Do we have the next service? Do we cancel? And they decided, and I don't, I don't think he even remembered like, how they decided, but they were like, all right, let's just let's continue on with the service. Let's have another service. And they, they started out the service by praying for, for um, the couple. And yeah, and but no, they had the knowledge that he was dead. And they were like, okay, so you know, we'll spend time praying for the, the wife and you know, whatever, but we're going to keep on going with the, the service. And so, and he's, and he's preaching on Romans 9. Okay, and if you know what Romans 9 is, you're like, ah, man. <laughs> it's like sovereignty of God stuff, like, you know, uh, uh, does not the potter have right over the clay to make with one vessel honor and another for dishonorable use? Pretty much saying, does not God have the right to, to um, create somebody to be saved and create somebody to not be saved? Does not, does not God have that right, right? And uh, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated was like the, the prime text, okay? Just super controversial stuff. And the wife, her husband is dead. And she drives back to church. And during the service, she sits down in like the, the balcony pews. And, and, and he's like, like, no way. Like, are you serious? Like, what are you doing here? And after the service, he goes up to her and he's like, you came back. You came back to church and your husband is dead. Like, why would she do that? And she said, I needed to hear the word of God. I just, I needed to hear the word of God, okay? That is rest. That is, we, we have such a twisted view of our Christian life being something we work. It's, it's, it's something we, it's, it's something that is a pain for us. It's a burden to us, right? And that's, that's not what it should be. It should be something that we long for, Right? Okay, here's, here's one, right? Many of you are readers. I hope you really enjoy that picture because, boy, it took me like 10 minutes to find. No, okay, so, all right, a good story is meant to make you sit down and hear another, right? Like, like I was talking to the junior high kids this morning and this one kid was like, yeah, like, I get to the end of a book and I'm like, I get, there's like five pages left and I'm like, no, and then it's done. And then you're just down and it's just gone, Right? And you're like, give me another one, right? Or like a Netflix series that you've been watched the entire thing. And you're like, where's another one? I want something just like it. You know, you're Googling things, shows like this exact thing. And you're like, ah, it's not the same. You know, and like, you, 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 it should be the same with like the Sabbath, right? Like you have a good Sabbath and you're like, yes, it was good. I spent some quality time with God. I read my Bible. I, I restored myself. And now I can go back out and serve my God again. All right? And we should, we should look forward to another Sabbath. It's something that we enjoy. But at the same time, wisdom says, go and use 
what you have learned, and the rest to go and serve your king, right? Same thing with the book. That's what a, a good story should do anyway, right? No matter what the, the genre, whether it's a book, movie, TV, whatever, a good story should, should make you want to go out and do something with the inspiration and the hope that it gave you, you know, or maybe it's a really depressing thing and you're like, why did he die? But, right, like we should, we should be able to use the things that we've learned and gained to go and do something with it, right? And it's the same thing with the Sabbath. Okay. All right, so here's something else, all right? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay? The rest for the Sabbath is essential. Okay? We were not created to go on forever. Okay? We were created with the specific need to rest. It wasn't an accident. God wasn't like, oh man, did you just randomly fall asleep for eight hours a day? What was I thinking? Right? And, and the same with, like, eating and drinking. Like, like, God didn't make people and then was like, oh, man, I need to, like, feed them these things. And it, it, was, it was something that God specifically designed us to need. God specifically created us with these needs. And one of them is to rest. Okay? But you can't actually spend time serving him if you never set aside time to know what he wants you to do. Okay? Um, <laughs> I have no better analogy, and this is what I use for the junior high kids. All right? The president hires you to protect them. Or just, the president just hires you for a job. You're, you're like, all right, I got hired to be the president's, you know, something. I don't know. And you just, you just start doing stuff. And you're like, maybe it's secret security. And you just start tackling people and shooting people. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then the president, you're in jail. And the president's like, what are you doing? What I... And it's like, I got the job. And you were, I never told you what it was. I, I, I told you nothing. Why did you shoot that person? Right? It's, that's, that's us and God, right? It's like, it's like you got to do all these things for God. And you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay? Because, because you didn't take the time to, to rest in God. Like, like Jesus did this. He, he went to seek God's will and to pray and to, to know things, Right? Um, to, to know the will of God, to seek after the will of God, right? And that's, and that's confusing even to me, but like, if, if Jesus did that, who am I, right? If Jesus spent three days on a mountain trying to seek the will of God, we should spend seven, right? How, we think that somehow we're more holy than God. Yeah, I can, I can do things, you know? It's, okay, think of the pride that is in the statement. I can't rest, I have to serve my king. As if somehow you are necessary to the work of God. Okay? Okay. We're talking about God. He could be like, yo, rock, go preach the gospel to everybody. That rock would do that thing. Right? He doesn't need people. He specifically chose to use people. That's his plan, is to use people to preach the gospel. But he doesn't need us. And he specifically doesn't need one person. Like, like, okay, come on. You're the, the pinnacle of God's plan for salvation right now. <laughs> no, right? Jesus was the plan for salvation. We are the messengers. Okay. 
On the flip side of this, okay, look at how you can serve God with this verse. For we are his workmanship. The Greek word there means poem, right? We're like, we're, we're this sonnet that God has orchestrated, right? It's just, I don't know, that's just beautiful to me. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? Look at how we can serve our God. That means you require rest. Do things God's way because you aren't made to go on forever. Okay, part of resting is, <coughs> part of resting is being able to help when you're needed. Okay? You can get irritated. You all know this. You don't have enough sleep. And your sibling wants something, and it's not going to happen because I'm tired. Right? You can get irritated. You can do things that otherwise you'd be like, nah, I'd never do that thing. And then you don't get enough sleep or you don't get enough me time. And you snap, right? Know your limits. Rest, this, this, is, this is why this exists. Is you can set aside time to rest. Okay, part of not filling up your schedule, right? Is being able to be available. This is, this is just kind of connected to the Sabbath. But like, you know, if, if, if we're always focused on, you know, every section of time, every point in time has to be to, uh, you know, accomplish this thing. I have to be somewhere at all times, specifically for you people that are in school. You go to school, you come back, you do seven hours of homework, and somehow you do sports and whatever in between. I don't know how you do it. I was homeschooled my whole life. Five hours of school every day, I still know more than most. It's fun, fun stuff. Anyway, so, right? It's, th this is our culture. It's just, you do, 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 and, and, then, and then you're gone. And that's just it. Okay? Set aside time. Okay, so, okay. Let's say somebody needed you. Okay? Somebody is going in crisis mode right now. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, your non-Christian friend, and they're in crisis mode. Maybe it's suicide. Maybe it's something crazy. Okay? And, and you're so busy, you can't help. And they know that you're so busy, and they don't even ask you for help. Okay? Be available. If, if you always have... Just, just everything is filled. You never have time to help people that might need you. Okay? Um, just, just recently, I was like depressed. Just intensely depressed for a weekend. I had no idea where it had come from. And it's just, it's just gone now. I'm like fine. I don't know what it was. And Mickey was over at my house and she could tell that something was wrong. And she was like, I can't focus on my homework until we talk this through. And so we sat outside on my sidewalk and she was like, like, you matter to me more than homework, okay? I need to get this thing done, but if you're having a hard time with something, we're going to talk it through, okay? Be that kind of friend. That was, that was so instrumental to me, knowing that, that somebody cared more about a human being than things. That's what life's about, okay? It's primarily about God, and then it's about people. And then it's about things. Okay? Okay. You, you can rest easy, okay? You can rest easy now, okay? There's, in Hebrews 4, it talks about a, a promise of rest. Like, you're entering into God's rest, right? That heaven is, is this eternal rest for his people. And, but you can rest easy now as a part of the Sabbath, Right? Why? Because the work is finished. Okay? This is something I, 
I didn't realize that I didn't understand. I didn't realize as I wasn't practicing is um, I don't have to become something, okay? There's, there's not, God isn't like, okay, I have this plan for Connor and, you know, I want him to be a pastor and like that's what I want to do with my life, but if, if I die tomorrow, I'm saved. The work is finished, right? There's no, there's no like thing that I have to become eventually or this, this thing that I have to accomplish and then I fulfilled my duty and then I can die. God could, God could end my life at any point in time and be totally just in doing so, right? I might think I, I have, that God has all these plans for me, but I don't know that, right? Here's the thing. Your salvation is not dependent on anything else but Christ. Your faith in Christ. Good works are the proof, not the tax. Good works are the proof, not the tax. God doesn't, every week is like, all right, pay up, Christians. What do I get out of this? Okay? God is not interested in the fruit or the good works. I mean, he is. He is very interested in, in the good works that we will give him and bring to him. But good works are the proof. It's not that you got to keep up this stuff or else, like, and, and, and obviously, if, if you're a Christian and you're like, that's it. You know, I'm not going to serve my God. Then I would say you should question your salvation. Right? 2 Corinthians 13.5, test yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Right? But if, but if you are just worried that you're not doing enough for God, then, then check your motives. Are you trying to earn salvation? Good works are the proof that you were saved, not the tax on your salvation. Okay? Not the tax on your salvation. Okay, and to emphasize this again, okay, did God need sleep? No, he specifically rested to, to set the standard for us, that this is the thing you're going to do, okay? So not only did God rest on the seventh day, but so did Christ, okay? In the two most epic moments in all of time, God rested. One was when he created literally everything, Okay, and the second is something we're going to watch a video of. This is a song um, by Andrew Peterson that uh, if you've heard of him, he's great. Hope you really like it. But I, I, never, I never even thought about this. This is just so cool to me that, you know, we have these, this verse at the beginning of time. Like, like, I mean, think of something more epic than God creating everything. Like, to be there. It would just be insane, Right? And, and God took the time to rest at this pinnacle moment in history. And Jesus did the same. Okay, so we're going to watch this video. So they took his body down.
Okay, so, I mean, just, just once again, just emphasizing, like, the, the physical price that Jesus paid, right, on the cross. But not even, that wasn't even, like, the worst part of it, is that the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, right? And that the wrath of God for the sins that we committed. Um, and that was his work. And he said, it is finished. It was done, okay? And if you were in Christ, you've repented of your sins, you've turned to the one who created you and you know he can save you, you come to him in faith, right? You can say the same thing. It is finished. It is done. 
okay? Um, it is not dependent upon you. And that is so amazing. Like, that is grace. That it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not about us, okay? It's about God. That is, that is the beauty of the cross, that instead of it being about me and my failures and my sins, because at the core of each person, that's what we are. Instead, it's about Christ, right? It's that when God looks at his people, his, his children, his chosen people, from before the foundation of the world, he sees Christ's righteousness. He sees the price that Jesus paid for us, and that's all he sees, right? But, I mean, the, the first time that I listened to that song, I just remember weeping and just thinking, just the idea of my, my life does not have to be me being tense and me being fearful of somehow I have to be doing all of these things or I am not worthy of salvation, okay? You are not worthy of salvation no matter what you do, okay? That's not, it's not the point. And so if God says rest and then practiced it in the most, the, the two most epic points in all of time, okay, I think it's safe to say you can rest too. Okay, um, and, and to give you a little bit more context of that, of that song, okay, we know that Jesus died on a what? Friday, right? And Old Testament, uh, the Sabbath was a Saturday. We now somehow consider it a Sunday. I don't know how that happened. Um, but that was, that was the Sabbath. And so God literally finished his work Friday, and then it says, right, that he turned to the, to the thief on the cross and said, today you will be with me in paradise. He just went to heaven for a day, and he rested. And then he came back on Sunday, <laughs> resurrected, and was like, all right, let's go, let's start the next week, work week, right? I mean, like, come on, that's awesome. And I just, the, the weight that that had on me as a Christian was just... I cannot describe just, just hearing that song of, of all these people were worried about what was going to happen, no idea what was going to happen, and instead of trusting in God, right, and God was just resting, knowing that the work was finished and wasn't worried. Okay? Um, this is the verse you want to close with, okay? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Dear God, thank you so much just for rest. You do not send, in this, send us in this world alone um, without guidance. Um, but you have given us your word to, to be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And uh, we just pray that we would not ignore these truths. We would not ignore this this beautiful gift that you've given us of, of rest. And we would um, honor you in that. And we would just, we would just trust you that uh, your way is better than ours. And if you say to rest, to, to work for six days and to rest on the seventh, that we should just obey you and trust that you will bless us in it. Um, pray for each person here, Lord, just um, for their hearts, Lord, that you would just... Uh, 
no matter what they are going through, Lord, or, or uh, who they are before you, um, you would just draw them to you and um, renew them. Whether that be salvation, Lord, or whether that be just a uh, renewal of trust in you and a renewal of their soul. Um, we pray for those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And that is our bonus episode on the Sabbath. Thank you for listening and watching the podcast. And we'll be back next week with uh, some more Christian artists. Thanks. Bye.